Did you know that a majority of podcasts that are created never make it past their seventh episode? In today's podcast, I'm going to try to save one of those podcasts. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This is episode number 448, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And my original plans for this week's episode was to share a conversation that I recently had with my friend Joel Com about Snapchat. Joel and I recorded a great conversation and then an email came in and I felt like I had to include this email and my response to it in this week's episode. Now, the good news is that I am still going to share that conversation that I had with my friend Joel. It's just coming up later in the episode. But first, I got to share with you this email that came in. This email is from a student who recently graduated from my most recent session of Podcasting A to Z, a student who has successfully launched her podcast and has been, in my mind, crushing it. I mean, I could not be more pleased with the way things are going for this particular student. However, Susan B., my student, the one who's written me the email yesterday that has prompted this addition to this week's episode, had a little bit of a issue of cold feet just before she launched her podcast. Now, I did an entire vlog post about this. And in fact, I want to share with you my show notes from that vlog right now. This was back on March 30th. And in the show notes of that vlog, I wrote, earlier today, I had one of my podcasting A to Z students tell me that she now has cold feet about publishing her first podcast episode. She spent the past two weeks tweaking her equipment setup and figuring out the audio editing process. She's produced a sample audio file that I gave a perfect rating, and most of you know just how much of an audio snob that I am. And during the first week, I had asked her why she wanted to launch her podcast. She wrote, and this is a quote, My life's mission and the purpose of my podcast is to share my experience, strength, and hope around recovery from compulsive spending to help others who feel powerless over the obsession to buy, shop, and spend. However, today, while other students are submitting their first episodes to iTunes and other podcast directories, she wrote to me saying, and again, this is another quote, so I'm having an identity crisis, Cliff. I'm not sure I should be doing this particular podcast now. I know you cannot make this decision for me, but I'd like your feedback about my concerns. And so she went on to write about how a few of her friends in recovery have cautioned her about some of the things that she was considering as it relates to her platform. Then she wrote to me, I'm worried that people will get upset with me for sharing my experience, strength, and hope in this way. And then she told me that she had another idea for a different podcast that she might pursue instead. Now that's the end of what I wrote for the show notes of that particular vlog post. And before I created the vlog itself, I personally gave a written response, very thought out, very detailed, with some encouragement to her, basically stating, you know what, your fears are well-founded because in all likelihood, in fact, it's almost guaranteed that people will criticize you. And that's the feedback that I gave her, but I gave her encouragement along with it. And if you want to hear the advice that I gave her, an example from my own journey of where I've been criticized by putting myself out there and the way that I share things and and how some people aren't happy with it, and yet how I moved forward instead of worrying about what those other people think, knowing that people will criticize you and why you should move ahead anyway. If you want to hear a summary of the advice that I gave to her, that is my vlog episode number 67, which you can find at podcastanswerman.com slash cold feet. 
And just to give you an idea of how much of an impact my advice had had on her, this is what she wrote back to me after reading that advice. She says, Cliff, I cannot thank you enough for this amazing motivational response. I will be using it in the podcast if you don't mind. Your transformation is astounding. I read the Facebook post that you mentioned and the comments that go along with it, and I was struck by this exchange you had with someone. They said, I know you won't call out the hater who mocked you, but I hope that he sees this and the profound support that you so deservedly have received. Well done. Keep up the good work. And you said, yeah, Funny thing is that this guy made it into the most recent keynote that I had. I used it as an example of how you can't allow others who don't understand your vision to keep you from moving forward toward your goal as a result of their negative feedback. And then if she ends the quote of those comments and she says, wow, moving forward thanks to you. And then after this exchange, after she had had her cold feet and she was worried about people criticizing her and then after I told her it's almost a guarantee that people are going to criticize you and this is why you should move forward anyway in spite of that. And by the way, it has everything to do with what she said her mission was. She says, my life's mission and the purpose of my podcast But my life's mission is to share my experience, strength, and hope around recovery from compulsive spending to help others who feel powerless over the obsession to buy, shop, and spend. How can you let anyone and their criticism keep you from your life's mission? And of course, she was motivated, inspired, and she published that first episode, but not only that, but she published a second episode, she published a third episode, a fourth episode. She's published an episode of her podcast every single week since the launch of her podcast. And then I received the following email. The email, of course, is from Susan B., this student that we're referring to here. And the subject of the email is simply being boring. And here's what Susan B. wrote. She says, Hi, Cliff. I'm going to stop the podcast for now. And I read it with that tone because at the end of that sentence, she made a point to put a sad face emoticon in there. It's literally, Hi, Cliff. I'm going to stop the podcast for now. Sad face emoticon. And then the email continues. I asked someone not in my target audience, to listen. His response was that it was boring. And then the email continues. Now, what I'm about ready to read to you, when you hear me change the inflection of my voice where it's almost where she's jumping in or cutting in, it's because she's put some words or phrases in parentheses or in in brackets so that she's actually responding to what she's telling me somebody has said. I think it'll all make sense. So let me just read on from here. I asked someone, not in my target audience, to listen. His response was that it was boring. It is. And I talk too much about myself. I do, but that's what we do in recovery. And not entertaining. Ugh. He suggested using a script. So time-consuming. There is nothing worse to me. Searched your website for boring, but found nothing. The one thing that I've never been accused of is being boring. I've done five episodes, and I thought that I was being passionate and had some humor in it. I just wondered if you have ever done a podcast on the topic of being entertaining versus boring. If not, it would be great if you did one. Since I steadily have around 75 downloads to each episode, I'm going to do a hiatus and explain and ask for feedback. This is so hard and time-consuming as it is. But if I stink at it, I just don't see any point in continuing until I figure something else out. Probably interviewing would be the only option. And I really didn't want to do that. Thanks, Susan. My gosh, if I could only tell you how many people out there who have created a podcast 
and have published five episodes and have given up for this exact reason. It's just like they're just not feeling it. They've asked for some advice and, and somebody's given them a little bit of criticism and it just sucks the, the wind. It sucks the life of that project right out of you. And well, I'm hoping that we can avoid that from happening here with Susan. And so I asked her, I said, Susan, do you mind if I read your email on my podcast? And if I share my thoughts and responses to you in this podcast, and she gave me her full blessing to do so. And so number one, I want to address this idea of being boring. First and foremost, Susan, you are not boring, all right? Now, that's not to say that some people who would listen to you would not be bored by what you're talking about and how you're communicating to them. Those are two completely different things. And by the way, there are many people who listen to my podcast and feel like the way that I communicate is boring to them. They don't like the topics that I choose. They don't like the way that I communicate. There are people out here who, well, we'll get into the whole, you talk about yourself too much in just a moment. But there are people who think I'm boring. And the reality is, is there are people that are friends of mine who have massively successful podcasts. And I'm talking about their audiences are exponentially larger than mine. And I tune into their podcast every now and then. And to be quite honest with you, I find it boring. I don't I don't think that they're boring. I just personally find their content boring. And it's sometimes it's the way that they're communicating. Sometimes it's just that it's not the kind of content that I'm looking for. It's not the subject matter I'm looking for. It's not the you know, it, it, there's a lot of different reasons, but for whatever reason, even though there are tens of thousands, and then some of the cases of my friends who have these successful podcasts, they have hundreds of thousands of subscribers who are downloading every single episode, and yet I can't seem to get through 20 or 30 minutes of a single episode every couple months because I find their content boring. So, and, and again, these are good friends of mine, and and I, I'm not gonna say who they are because I'll be busted, uh, but the reality is is that There are people who are going to find you boring, your content boring, and there are going to be people who find my content boring. There are going to be, take whoever it is that you find as the most influential communicator in your life, and I guarantee you there are a lot of people out there who are going to find what they do as boring. The reality is, is that your content cannot appeal to all people. And your podcast is so very narrowly niche focused, which I believe is a great thing. I love the niche of your podcast. You are meeting a need that hardly anyone else out there is meeting. And even if there are other people out there trying to meet that need, nobody can do it from your experience. You have a unique message, a unique voice that I believe people need to hear. And I only believe that because you said it is your life's mission to share it. And so I I first of all don't think you're boring. And just to give you an example, I listened to episode number 5 of your podcast where you shared some tips on how to break free from compulsive spending. And I just want to give folks a snippet, about a 2-minute clip of your most recent episode to share how you're communicating. Listen to this. So the first thing we can do besides all of the above is to stop modeling the compulsive spending behavior for our kids. In my case, I did not get into this recovery till my son was 18. So for years before that, even though I had been in recovery earlier, I was by, I felt, oh no, he's gotta have the newest this, I can't deprive him, I have to get this for him, I wanna be a good mother, that was that was a good one, you know, I wanna be a good mother and he should have this and I don't ever want him to lack for anything and meanwhile, I just got more and more and more in debt. And of course, whatever it was, he'd like it for a while till he went on to the next thing. How many times did I stand in line at six in the morning to get the newest game system and he would be at home in bed while I was there waiting to get, or 5 a.m., I think even once, to buy the newest game system that I couldn't even afford, but I was going to put on a credit card. (laughs) So, and let me tell you, I've talked about it a little bit, but 
you know, my son became very entitled. And when I got into recovery and he went to his first year of college, that's when the you know what hit the fan. And I just, poor kid, get a job. You need to get a job or your grades need to be up. And he, it was just, it was a really tough time. And gratefully, it all worked out and probably a lot because my husband modeled really good behavior for him. He is very responsible. And in the end, though we had a really horrible year, getting him out of the entitlement mindset that I had put him in all his life, he stepped up and he's really responsible with money. But I sure wish I could have started teaching him when he was much younger. You know, I really do. Wow. How I, I've got goosebumps. Susan, what an incredible story and what an incredible way to share from your experience in a way that I, I think people are going to relate to, especially those who were within your target audience. That's incredible. And that was not boring. Now, I, I do want to say this. OK, I picked out a two minute segment, which I think was a highlight of your episode. All right. I, I can't remember how long the entire episode was. Is the entire episode that engaging no it's not is there are are there points where it's it's the energy is much lower than this particular portion that i picked out yeah sure but that's to be expected with your fifth episode and there are still times today when i don't have full energy from the beginning of the episode until the end of the episode stephanie and i my wife and i do a show called family from the heart and I will tell you, there are still times when even after, I don't know, I think we're in 300 and some odd episodes of our weekly podcast that we do together about family, our family life, there are some times where the energy is just like, it bottoms out. And, and we've been doing it for years. I mean, like that show is eight years old. So you're on episode five. And if you can have moments of glory like this inside of an episode, then keep on trucking and eventually you'll get to the place. And it's called finding your voice. You'll come to the place where eventually the the energy that you had in this two-minute clip that I just played for you, there'll be a time down the road where your entire episode will carry that much gravitas it'll carry that flow and it'll flow all the way from the beginning of your show all the way to the end most of the time. But that is never going to happen if you give up today. You said that, you know, I think the only thing for me to do is to stop right now until I figure something else out. That's not the answer. The only way to get better, the only way to become more entertaining, to be more engaging, to have an entire episode be just like the energy level of this two minutes that I just played for you the only way to get there is by consistently week after week doing it and getting better and getting better, listening to it and improving, listening to it and improving. And you know what? Asking one person who's not in your target audience to give you some thoughts and feedback, sure, he thought it was boring. He's not a compulsive spender. He's not all that engaged. And chances are he probably never even made it to the point where I just shared with you. And that's okay. Not everybody's going to love your show. And even people in your target audience who's the perfect fit for your audience, even many of them, as many as 60, 70, or even 80% might not actually find your show all that entertaining, engaging, or helpful. But what if 20% of the people who check it out can and you have a powerful, positive impact in their lives? That can be great. All right, so number one, you're not boring. Number two, I listened to the episode. I thought it was great overall. For episode number five, I will give it a great rating. And there are moments in the episode, like what I just shared with you, where it is off the charts awesome. Okay, off that that quote that I just played, that two minutes, oh, phenomenal. Many times much better than what I consistently put out. What a great engaging story and a way to allow people to relate to you and your own experience rather than just coming from on high, sitting on your high horse and telling other people how they're doing their lives wrong. You need to stop doing this and blah, blah, blah. I never make mistakes and I've got all your answers. No, you're sharing from your experience. In fact, that brings me to the next thing. I don't think you talk too much about yourself. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and play for you the audio clip of your intro. Listen to the way that you communicate what your show is about. 
everybody. It's Susan B. And you're listening to another episode of I Can't Stop Spending, a podcast about recovery from the compulsion to buy, shop, and spend. I consider myself a financial sobriety evangelist, and my mission is to share my own experience, strength, and hope to help you on your journey to recovery from compulsive spending, buying, and shopping. I love that. It literally says, number one, this is a podcast about recovery from the compulsion to buy, shop, and spend. Boom. What's this podcast about? That's it. Now, I, by the way, I love that you, the very next line, I consider myself to be a financial sobriety evangelist. Do you know how many podcasters are out there who have no idea what their clear identity is? They could not even give a good, clear description of their title, of what they consider themselves to be. And the fact that you are so clear that, you know what, I consider myself to be a financial sobriety evangelist. I am out here evangelizing the lifestyle of sobriety. I'm here to shout the words of hope and encouragement, spreading the message. There's all kinds of things that I love about that language, about your title. I think that's awesome. And then your very next line, my mission is to share, and I love this, my own experience, my strength, my hope. I'm going to share my own journey with you to help you on your journey to recovery from compulsive spending, buying, and shopping. I love that. That is so clear and is exactly what you say you're going to do. And so when you spend an entire episode sharing and talking from your perspective about your own journey and about your own experiences and about you, you're doing exactly what you told your audiences you were going to do within the first 30 seconds of your show. No one should be surprised if they don't want to hear about you from your perspective and your journey and your experience then they shouldn't have listened beyond the first 30 seconds of the show because you told them that's what was coming. So keep talking about your journey, your experience, and keep doing it and get to the place where you're doing it more and more just like that two-minute clip and and let that carry through. But don't, do not feel the pressure and the expectation that episode number six, seven, and eight are going to carry the energy level of those two minutes. I don't think it's possible for you right now. And it's not because I think you're boring and you don't have it. I just think it's going to take you time to develop it. It's going to take time to get this kind of energy, you know, from beginning to end where you can carry it and communicate that energy in a way that's not fake but is genuine to you. And that's what I encourage you to do. Keep moving forward. You've mentioned that you have about 75 people who are downloading your show each and every week. And I don't know if you were like saying, well, because there are 75, I'm just going to shut things down. Like as if you were saying that's not a very large number. Let me tell you, 75 people downloading your first five episodes of this particular podcast, this narrowly niched, that is a massive success. That is huge. Even if 25 of them are just friends and family who are checking it out because you begged them to, if 50 of them are hearing it every single week because they are actually in your target audience and they, they're they they're just kind of testing the waters to see who you are. And and you know what? Many, let's just say of those 50, let's just say 50 of them might be a potential core audience for you to start out your journey here. If 50 of them are just testing the waters to say, you know, I, I, I'm going to listen. I, you know what? I've listened to the first five episodes now. And she's okay, you know. You know, it, I I, f- I feel at least she communicates well. She's got her she's got her stuff together. She's sharing. She's she's thought ahead of time what she's going to put in the episode. She's spending the time to create it. It there are moments where I feel so engaged, like when she told that story about her own experience with her son and and how life changed when she saw sobriety and he's off at college and how that rocked his world and and how thankfully you know it it, it all ended well, but it may not always and and this is why it's important for you to stop you know exhibiting this behavior for them or whatever you know there are moments in there it's like you know what I, I'm gonna stay subscribed. And imagine a room with 50 people in it. This is like 50 people who showed up to hear you speak and then came all the way out of their way to hear to download your episode and hear you speak another week. And they came those same 50 people. And I need you to imagine, visualize 50 people in a room 
with you coaching and, and sharing stories with them. Imagine 50 people, what 50 people looks like. And 50 people is a lot of people and it's, and it's, an, it's an amazing honor to get the opportunity to share this message. Your life's mission with 50 people within your first five weeks is amazing. Please see that as the blessing that it is and continue to grow from here. Take what you've done over the last five weeks, continue to do it and improve a little bit each and every week. But the only thing I have to say to you is only follow all of this advice if you still believe that it's your life's mission to share your experiences with the world through a podcast. And if not, then shut it down. But don't shut it down because people have told you that you're boring. Don't shut it down because you're not a, a 10 out of 10 on the, on the enthusiasm and encouragement and communication style scale um, right out of the gate. Don't shut it down because you only have 75 people who are downloading each episode. The only reason I think you should shut it down and stop producing episodes is if all of a sudden you've discovered, you know what, I really aren't, I'm not really that passionate about helping people get out of recovery. It's really not my life's mission. I, th- I think I probably just came up with that just to have an answer for Cliff's class. And, and you know what? The more I think about it, it's really not my life's mission. I, I'm more passionate about something else. And if that's the case, then, either, then definitely stop the podcast and consider doing a podcast about something else. Or maybe doing a podcast isn't for you. But my, my gut feeling is that you really are passionate about this, that it, you really did mean that it's your life's mission to do this. And if that's the case, then I give you all the advice that I just gave you. And that, my friends, is why I decided that I needed to include this email and my response to it in this week's podcast episode. I hope that helps you out, Susan. Let me know what you decide. And now, my friends, I'm gonna turn over to this conversation that I had with my friend Joel Com about Snapchat. Just to note, the original conversation was 51 minutes and 49 seconds long. I knew that I wanted to respond to this email. So I went in and I did a bit of editing on the conversation and I actually removed 15 minutes worth of audio, bringing the total recording of the conversation down to 37 minutes. And I'm actually really pleased on how much more focused the conversation is as far as the value that it's gonna offer to you, the audience. And just wanna let you know that I spent a lot of time editing this conversation down. And with that, here is my conversation that I had with my friend, Joel Com. How are you, brother? I am well. Just uh, got done with a, a long weekend at a conference here in Denver, and uh, I had a little snap guilt because, you know, I, I love telling stories on Snapchat. That's like my favorite thing to do um, out of the different things that we do on Snapchat. And when I'm at events, I just don't have time to sit and really create a story. I just kind of um, life snap is what I call it. Instead of life casting like we do in video, I life snap. And here's where I am. This is who I'm with. This is what I'm doing. And uh, what's amazing to me is people like that stuff as much as they like the story. So it's such a mixed bag. It's interesting because I prefer when you're at a conference and I get a little bit more insight into the life of Joel. Although I do find your stories and stuff like that, I find them entertaining and I'm glad that I watch them. They're fun. And sometimes I'm a little jealous. I'm like, oh, I wish I was that creative or stuff like that. And I know I could be and I have tried to be and and, and it works out. But it's just like, it's, it's not the best use of my time today. It's understandable. I mean, it, it, it Snapchat's like any other platform. You do what you want to do, how you want to do it. Uh, there, there's no set method for it. And that's one of the things that I just love about it. It's just it's a tool. Uh, that doesn't dictate the content you create. It leaves it up to you and your own creativity. Where is the value in Snapchat? Why this platform? What does it mean to you? Okay, that, that's, a, that's a great question. Now, let's, uh, you know, we could forego the numbers for a moment. Let me just tell you a story that I think really encapsulates why I love Snapchat. When I was a little boy, my dad had a Super 8 movie camera. It's one of those little handhelds that uh, shot in color, but no sound. And you went to the store and you bought a roll of 
film, movie film, and it was a three-minute roll. You'd put it inside this movie camera. And I remember when he handed me this camera and said, you know, go take movies, I felt like this this creativity welled up inside of me. It was like, wow, I can go, I can make movies now. This is so cool. And I would go and I would shoot and, you know, some things with my brother and we'd try to be creative as creative as you could be with a silent film. And then we would take that film and we would drive to the photo mat with our, our father. Remember the photo mat? Oh yeah. And they, they would develop the film. And a few days later you'd come and pick it up and then you'd take the, that, developed real home with you. And if you had more than one, dad would splice them together. So it'd be one continuous reel get out the projector, pull out the movie screen, pull it up like that, you know, and then thread the film onto the projector, turn it on where it's, it's starting to go and the lights are coming on and there on the screen is the, the fruit of my creation. It was like, there it is in living color. And it just, it, it, excited me so much. Then of course we had video cameras and then along come digital cameras. And now we've got such powerful movie cameras in the palm of our hand with our smartphones, which brings me full circle to Snapchat. There's something about Snapchat, the limitations of the 10 second videos or the short pictures and the tools, the drawing tools and the text and the emojis and the lenses and the filters and all that that come within this container, that Snapchat, that makes me feel like I'm that little boy who's been handed my father's Super 8 millimeter movie camera all over again. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Back in the Super 8 days, at least you went through all the trouble of going to the photo mat and all those other things, but you could watch the darn thing for more than 24 hours. What are your thoughts on the fact that you're going through and you're creating this creative experience, if you will, and it only lives for 24 hours and can't be linked back to at a later date? Well, there's a couple thoughts on that. First of all, we can download our stories and I do every day. It's the last thing I do before I go to bed and I save them to my phone. Now, I haven't repurposed many of them yet because I've chosen not to. I've put a few out there because I really, rather than put them up on YouTube where anybody can go anytime and see my Snapchat story for any given day, I want them to come to Snapchat and view them because there's something about viewing it in its natural habitat. It's like, you know, yeah, you can watch Star Wars on your 46 inch screen at home, but it was made to be watched in the movie theater in 70 millimeter with surround sound, you know, with popcorn in hand and other people around you. That's, you know, how movies were created up to be consumed. And so Snapchat in its natural habitat offers a kind of interaction that you don't get from just watching that video. But, you know, I look at it this way. Life is created in in moments that are here now and then they're gone. Why do we have to hang on to everything that we have created? I, I think this desire to grasp and keep and save everything steals away this opportunity to live in the moment to enjoy something for the for the experience that it is right then and then move on with our lives because guess what there's more moments to come more creation that can be made and if we're just DVRing everything that's already happened we're not we're not going to be present for what's happening now I will play both sides of this argument with you. First, I want to agree with you. I have come to the place where currently I am no longer repurposing the content that I have on Snapchat, but I am still creating content and I do know that after 24 hours, this is going to disappear. Like you, I am still downloading those things at the end of the day and I am archiving them on my hard drive. So why am I still doing that? And the idea was that Hey, you know what? If what I shared today was valuable to whoever got to see it today and I encouraged somebody or I inspired somebody or I I educated somebody or even entertained someone, then was it worth the time, effort, and energy to put that out there if those 50 or 100 people were encouraged or inspired? And the answer to that question will determine whether or not I'm going to do it anyway. And so I agree with you on that set. I've said, you know what? It's worth it for me to put this out. If even 50 of them have a better day as a result of this, Mm -hmm. that was worth it. However, at the same time, I will tell you that for 85 days, I turned every Snapchat story into a vlog post and put it on not only YouTube, but also into a video podcast feed. Here's the deal. 
in my email that I get every single day from people, they're asking me these questions. And it's amazing that even still today in my email inbox, I'm linking people to specific episodes of one of those 85 days that I turned my Snapchat story into a vlog. And because it's a YouTube link, boom, they're able to go and get that content and they're able to get value. It's kind of nice to have that there. You see where I'm coming from? Uh, Totally. I, I get it. And that's the beauty of, you know, use it the way you want to. There's people that have channels on their YouTube that's called Snapchat Stories, and this is what they've chosen to do with them. I really want to encourage the people who follow me to follow me on Snapchat every day. I want them to see what I'm creating, what I'm sharing with them, if I'm teaching, if I'm inspiring, if I'm being goofy, if I'm life snapping, whatever. I want them to come and follow me there because I think that's where they're going to get the best experience. I have yet to decide what I'm going to do with the stories that are currently on my hard drive. About once every 10 to 14 days, I'll upload a segment, a very specific self-contained story rather than an entire day to Facebook to say, here's what I'm doing on Snapchat. Here's what you're missing if you're not following me there and encourages people to come and follow me on Snapchat. Have you found that there are some people that you were just mildly acquainted to and that you've developed a much deeper relationship with them as a result of Snapchat? Oh, gosh, yes. You know, watching people's Snapchat stories is incredibly revealing unless they're, you know, I don't watch the ones that are just teaching all the time, Yeah, uh, teaching the, the grind and the hustle and the make money and work, work, work. I mean, that's not why I'm on the tool. And frankly, that's not why I'm alive. Um, you know, I believe in hard work and all that, but I, I believe in carpe diem and, you know, let's have some fun as we're doing all this because life is short. And uh, so uh, not only have I gotten to know other people, like I watch your snaps, you know, I can't watch every everybody every day, but I have the people that I like to go watch. So I've got people that I know that I've gotten to know better and I've met new people, made new friends. And, uh, you know, there's people that are on my one list. You know, I rename uh, people with a one period so I can find them easily. It's like my own little list system for Snapchat. And uh, there's people that I did not know before I got on Snapchat that are on my one list that I regularly engage and interact with. So, I, you know, Snapchat could say Snapchat brings people together. I believe it does. You and I have been acquaintances for years. I'd say we have a growing and budding friendship. Snapchat has done this for a lot of people for me. When I say a lot, I'm talking about 5, 10, 15 people that, man, I I feel I can call them up on the phone and just say, hey, whereas before that would have been kind of awkward. It's like, yeah, yeah, we've seen each other at a couple of conferences. How'd you get my number? (laughs) Well, and that's why we can really call Snapchat a social network. And it's a social network that is a threat to uh, to Facebook and to Twitter. I, I read just the other day, you know, as we're recording this, May 2nd, Snapchat has surpassed 10 billion daily video views. Yeah. Sna- uh, Facebook's at 8 billion. So, you know, granted, those are up to 10 second videos, but still the sheer vast number that we're talking about here tells us that this is a big deal. My own Facebook consumption is down at least 90% day over day. And all of that time and effort and energy and attention that I used to give to Facebook is now spent on Snapchat. I am now following people's Snapchat stories. I'm catching up with those 10 or 15 people that I follow every single day. There's kind of an ebb and flow, isn't there? There is. As as the networks grow, we see a migration take place. Like we're seeing people migrating from Periscope to Facebook Live because the reach is greater on Facebook Live and it's cooler and and it just, it is what it is. And I think Snapchat's got a several year run that we're going to see continued growth as it hits the top of that bell curve for mass adoption. And then, you know, who knows what's going to be next, but there's going to be a next. Uh, All I know is I'm all in on Snapchat. And, and I think, uh, anybody who even, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think people need to be intimidated by it. There's a little bit of a learning curve, but I think those who take the time to understand it, uh, really, it, it opens up a whole new world. Cause I got to tell you, Cliff, I fought against it. Probably I heard about it a year ago or so, and I probably downloaded it and then deleted it. And then Ted Rubin was snapping probably uh, summer or fall 2015. I'm like, really? Ted's on Snapchat? And then I saw Brian Fanzo 
was uh, starting to use it. And being a millennial, I pay attention to what he's doing. And that was probably around uh, September, October. And I'm like, Snapchat has no use. It's for kids. I don't get it. Uh, and then it was Vincenzo Landino. We were doing a blab, our, our, our weekly show. And he said, Joel, just try it. And I said, fine. I'll try it. And I was a little reluctant, but I tried it. And as I opened myself up to it, I thought, all right, I was wrong. Snapchat rocks. One of the mistakes that I made early on in Twitter was this idea of following everyone who followed me. And over time, I found that I was following so many people that the new stream became less valuable to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I discovered Snapchat and got all excited about it, guess what I did? I Everybody who's following me, I want to follow them back. And then all of a sudden, I'm just not seeing anybody that, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing things that I just don't know who they are. And because I don't know who they are, it's not that what they're doing is boring. It's just that I I don't know who they are. So there's no relationship for me to want to know what they're having for lunch, if you will. I, I agree. And so I was doing the fo- the reason I was following everybody back was because when you've got the cross follow, they can swipe up on any snap and reply directly to an individual snap. Uh, if you're not following them back, they can only snap you um, directly, but not in reference to something you posted. Right. So, and so I like that ability to be able to swipe up and, and snap somebody based on an individual snap, but it's just, it, it doesn't scale. The idea here, for those of you who are, I'm going to assume that you've at least checked out Snapchat. And if you haven't, you need to head over to podcastanswerman.com slash Snapchat and look at the tutorial get onboarded. Trust me, you'll thank us eventually, or you'll hate us for wasting so much of your time every day. <laughs> but anyway, um, either way, you need to check it out. But yeah, so when you, as long as you follow the people back that are following you, while they're watching the story, there's a little tiny dot, down, a little plus symbol at the bottom. They can click on it or swipe up, and it will allow them to interact with you automatically. And by the way, if somebody's following you and you're not following them back, that little dot, that little plus sign at the bottom is not there, which indicates to them, ah, this person's not following me back. Here's the thing. There are those that are content creators and there are consumers, right? Most of us do not have a television show, but we watch TV shows from these people who have no idea who we are. We don't have qualms with that. We don't demand that, you know, Jennifer Aniston and George Clooney or anybody else, you know, watch our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous. And if you like what somebody's creating, uh, engage with it, watch it, consume it, enjoy it, glean from it, laugh at it, whatever. But don't demand that people follow you, follow you back. I mean, I've, I've even recently had some people say, you know, Joel's not following me on Twitter. Okay, so I'll follow you. Guess what? I'm still not going to see your stuff, but does it make you feel better (laughs) to know that I'm following you? Uh, I'm too busy creating to consume too much. That's why I have to, in Snapchat, label my friends and the the people that I want to see that I'm not necessarily friends with, because there are some of those. Uh, And I'm not going to demand that, you know, if Jimmy Fallon's on Snapchat, if I watch his stuff, I'm not going to demand that he follow me back. Yeah. Who checks Twitter anymore? Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting. I've actually found a, a second uh, life uh, on Twitter that uh, I've I've actually been very active in posting content and sharing and being a content creator. I do less engaging there, uh, less of what you know I used to teach as far as building relationships. But that's because it doesn't scale when you've got four hundred twenty thousand people following you. Yeah, uh, you you just become a content creator and you engage when and where you can. But uh, hopefully, people are forgiving about that and understand, look, there's no way you can reply to that many tweets and have a life. And so I just, I don't sweat it. And it's the same thing on Snapchat. Um, I'm getting so many replies now. I'm having so many views and so many people snap me. I used to reply with, you know, sometimes a video and sometimes with words. And then when it got too overwhelming, I'd reply with an emoji, you know, a fist bump, a ghost, a smile, a laugh, sunglasses, whatever, to let know, hey, I, I read what you saw and, um, and thanks for responding to me. Now, more and more, I just read it and move on because I still want to read them. 
Um, I imagine there's going to come a time and maybe in the not too distant future where I won't even have time to read all the personal snaps. But that's kind of the sacrifice, right? Yep. I mean, if the goal is to reach as many people as possible, whether we're teaching, inspiring, entertaining them or just letting them into our lives, then how do you, you know, it's time. And how do you scale it? And it's, it's difficult and you have to be able to let it go. Well, and that's when you get a Snapchat executive assistant. <laughs> right. Yeah. Such as, you know, I actually auditioned a guy um, in the not too distant past at social media marketing world. In fact, I was uh, uh, I was at a dinner and uh, this fella came along and he told me he had just finished answering his snaps for the day. And I said, oh, do you want to answer mine? Jokingly. And then I handed him my phone and he became my Snapchat executive assistant. And of course, that person that evening was you. Yeah, I told that story after I came back from social media marketing world. It was that was a blast. We had some fun that night. Yeah, I want I, I, I want to do it again. Next time we're together, maybe I can be your assistant. That would be awesome. I, I it was that, so funny. And, and the responses I got from people then, they were they just thought they were like, that's Cliff. And they were just laughing that you were doing that and had the best time. And that is the beauty of Snapchat. We didn't plan that. Nope. Right? There was no script for that. It was in the moment, and we ran with it, and it became this thing that uh, was highly entertaining, that didn't just entertain us, entertained uh, the people that you were snapping back from me, which in turn became a story that has entertained your entire audience. So you never know what's going to happen if you're willing to be adventurous, creative, spontaneous, and let the snap guide you. May the snap be with you. Yeah. So, Joel, here's the deal. When I I signed up for Snapchat, I started following everybody. Then I realized, well, this isn't as much fun following these stories as before. So I unfollowed everybody except for the people I wanted to follow. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Some people who noticed I was following them before because they saw the plus sign, all of a sudden were watching my story. And it's like, why did you stop following me? Did I do something to offend you? And I'm uh. like, no. And so I explained to them. It's like, no, I, I'm just trying to figure out how to best use Snapchat so I can maintain the value and, and stuff like that. And that, people understood. But then, again, at Social Media Marketing World, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start using Snapchat first. I'm going to stop doing the vlog. I'm going to use Snapchat for Snapchat. I'm going to really focus on this audience here. And one of the things that I knew that I was missing out on as well was this engagement with people. Yes, people could go over to the private thing. They could type in my username and they could send me a private thing, even though I'm not following them. But let's just face it, as easy as that is, it's still a hassle. I've tried to do it for a couple people who are not following me and I'm following their stories and I want to comment and it, it is a hassle. I'm not upset that they're not following me at all, but I will say that I don't engage with them because they're not following me. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, I made the decision, you know what, I am going to go in. I'm going to follow everyone who follows me from now on and also... I realized, well, wait a second, there's already, what about, how do, you can't go in and in the app and find out all the people who are following you that that you've already been notified of. So you, you don't, there's no way to find out who's following you, who you're not following back in the app, right? Uh, yeah, to my knowledge, there is not a way to see if they're still following you. So here's- uh, how, how would people write you and say, you stopped following me? Okay. Okay. So it's it's real easy. So you can actually go into your settings and you can set it so that anyone, not just you can you can choose only friends can send me private messages or everyone can send me private messages. Right. So I've got that. I still have it on. So pe- people can still send you a private message to say, "Hey, you know, I just saw you your story today, um, and you're not following me anymore. Is there a reason why?" You know, people can send you a private snap even if you're not fr- if, even if you haven't added them as a friend. Right, but if I'm looking at the people that I'm following, if I do I if it, see I didn't even know everything. I'm still learning this. If I'm looking at my friends, does that mean we're mutually following each other? No. It just means that you're following them. So, how do I know if they're following me? Oh, don't okay, that's real simple. If they have a public story, click on their story and if there's a little plus bottom at the bottom where you can swipe up the chat, then you know. Then you so know. So, that makes it really difficult to uh, to curate 
and, and unfollow people um, that aren't following you because you don't know unless you're actually deliberately going and looking to see. When I decided, okay, I am, I do want to start interact. I, do, I want these people to have the ability to interact with me and make it as easy as swiping up, right? Mm-hmm. So what I did for the next week, every day for the next week, I went into the oldest snap in my story that had the highest number count. And what I did is I clicked on the little eyeball that shows the number of people and I tapped on each person's name. If they weren't already added as a friend, there's an option to just click add as a friend. And what I would do is I literally went through the entire list each day for a week and I added as a friend every single person who was watching my snaps on a daily basis. Wow, I need a personal executive Snapchat assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Uh, because it, it, I, I'm, I'm following so many people and I'm, I just yep. can't watch them. And so to actually go through and determine who is following me back, uh, I kind of gave up and th- this is going to be something that you're going to bump, bump up against yeah. when you hit that limit again. What do you do? Maybe it's a good time to start thinking about that. What do I do when I hit that limit of people that I can follow? Yeah, I think you said there's a limit of six thousand that you can follow. Yep, that is correct, and yeah. and uh, and I I know I've got more than that following me, but there's tons that I have not followed back because it's just not scaling. I also find uh, on the downside that the app crashes more the more yeah. people you follow, and so that's another reason that I'm hesitant to follow anybody else back. We're going to go into a little bit more advanced discussion. Uh, and people who are more advanced Snapchatters will know what we're talking about because they've already looked at tutorials and, and saw these things. So let's just assume that you're a content creator like us. You do decide that you want to follow your core audience or at least those you know who are, who are going to interact with you. They're, at least starting out, you can do that. Everybody can do it for the first few hundred people, right? Yes, so, absolutely. But the, here's the deal. You follow a few hundred people and all of a sudden your recent updates becomes this blah of tons of people with only an occasional sprinkle of somebody you know and want to see what's going on in their story. Mm -hmm. So for you, you've added the one dot system where you do the one dot name. You edit the name of the person in the app. Right. It's actually multiple lists. You can use whatever you want to configure it. But for the people who I'm, if I have time to watch, these are the people that I want to make sure I go check out first. So I'll go in and, and uh, to do that, you just go to, you know, click on any friend. And, the, and when you click on the gear, the first thing you see is edit name. So I just put a one dot with no space. It's important. There's no yeah, space. Can't put Otherwise, the space in. I'll also I have a two dot list. So assuming I get through my first string of people that I want to see, which I don't even every day. I try to, you know, it's great entertainment at the end of the day when I'm getting in bed to, to catch up if I haven't had a chance to watch stories prior to then. I've got two dots. So they're my second string of, okay, if I've gotten through these, now these people I want to watch. Then I've got people that uh, when I first started on Snapchat, I said, would you like to be a uh, JC VIP? And, uh, and, and it's the only time I will private snap in bulk is if I'm going to be doing something special or have a special offer or going to be doing a Facebook Live or a Blab. It's basically I ask them to give me permission. And, you know, they opted in to a special uh, VIP sub list of mine and I put a heart in front of those. So if I want to pull all those people up and send a direct snap to them, um, it's not it's not a good idea to send people direct snaps unless they are actually involved in yes. that snap story somehow, which we can cover that snap Snapchat kit is what I call it. But uh, these people have given me permission to do that. And it really offers a marketing opportunity, one which I haven't used very much, but I do have that heart list. And you can really rename using any uh, alphanumeric or emoji you want to be able to find. So let's say you wanted your family. You could pick the family emoji, you know, of the, the man, woman, boy and girl or whatever, and label your family like that. So anytime you want to sift through and see what your family's doing, you just pull down to the search bar and just type that emoji and there they are. So what you're doing is at the end of the day, to see what stories are happening with the people who are on your one dot list, you're yes. going to the stories mode and you go up to the top and drag down to you get the search bar and you type in one dot and it pulls up all the list of the people that are, have that association with that number associated and you watch their stories from beginning through the end of at least wherever they're at in the story at that point in time. 
Yeah. Or, you know, and listen, I'm guilty of, of tapping through. It depends on what they're talking sure. about. I'm a big fan of visual appeal, yep. I'm a very visual person. And, uh, you know, we talked about this, that if if you do your snaps and it's the same angle with the same filter or lack of filter and there's no emojis or there's no text, it's hard to keep people engaged. And that's why if you watch my snaps, when if I'm going to tell a story and it's going to be on me, um, I won't just set the camera up and have it at the same angle the whole time. People like variety. So I'll hold it up here above the right side of my face. I'll hold it in front of me. I'll change the angle and tilt the camera a little bit and use a black and white filter to keep people engaged beyond what I'm saying because you have to keep their attention. So when I see people just talking and talking and going on and on, their story could be fascinating, but they can lose me really easily. Yep, absolutely. So Here's the one thing I, I I'd actually have gone to because I am now following a few hundred people on Snapchat. And the one thing I missed by doing that is the recent updates when I only followed 20 people. The cool thing about recent updates is that I would watch them and then it, it kind of clears them out. It's like, OK, I've watched everything they've published up till now. And then I would come into Snapchat later and I would open up the stories feature and it would show me all the recent updates since I last watch. And so mm-hmm. it's not going to start over from beginning. It's going to pick up right to their next snap that they made and any snaps they've made since then, since I've opened the app last. And I love that functionality. And the the thing I hated about, you know, adding all these people back and doing this one dot search and starting from the beginning is that I can't just pick up where I left off. So I developed a system that is an add on to your system. Please do tell. Okay, so here's the situation. So now I've gone in and everybody that I want to follow and they're they're in my top priority list, they're one dots in the front of their name. And then if they're a one dot, then they obviously are going to have a cool sunglasses, smiley face rating. So it's a one to five, all right? So for example, you will be Joel, you're one dot Joel com with five smiley faces. Oh, you got a, a smiley face rating system. Uh, I love that. It's the smiley with the sunglasses. All right. That's, and, and, <laughs> I'm going to use that as a testimonial, Cliff. Cliff Ravenscraft gives Joel Com Snapchat a five sunglass smiley face rating. <laughs> exactly. And and the cool thing is, is that that means I desperately want to see every snap you make throughout the day. I've made that conscious decision. I'm going to be looking for you. Now, the thing is, is there are people who have a one dot in my name system but they have two smiley faces with sunglasses. And that means that I'm interested in them, and if I have plenty of time, if I have a ton of time on my hands, I'm gonna watch their snaps as well. But depending on how much time I have right now as I'm quickly checking to see what's going on in between something else I'm doing, then I'm looking for fives first, then fours, then threes, then twos. But the reason why I do these smiley faces at the end of the name is because in recent updates, I can scroll up and I can just look through the recent updates and I only look to see where the smiley faces are. And it's so easy to see the number of smiley faces and I click on those and go through the list. And the cool thing is is that I might watch everything you did between 9 a.m. and noon and the next time I pull up, I'll see your one dot Joelcom five smiley faces and it'll show up somewhere within the last three hours. And I'm like, I pick up right where I left off. So I have the same benefit of using recent updates as before. And you stand out super huge among everyone else, not because you have a little tiny one dot that I could see, but man, the number of smiley faces just jump out at you. I love that. That's And that's working for you. It's I think working. that's awesome. It's working great. But there's one other little thing that I have to give as an advanced tip on top of this tip. And that is, is that a lot of people who add you and you then add back sometimes will put their own emojis in mm-hmm. their own names, display names. And I find myself, it's like, wait a sec. I add them as a friend. And the first thing I do is I edit their name and I'm like, I'm sorry, you have not earned that emoji yet. <laughs> yeah, because you know you're going to have some of your listeners that are now going to put five uh, yeah. smileys at they, the end of their... They can they can do that all they want. And I can tell you is if you have any emoji, if you have... It, it, here's the deal. If anybody has like all caps for their display name, the first thing I do is I go in and I erase it out and I put your name in lowercase. I don't want your name... When I'm scrolling through my recent list, I don't want your display name alone to attract my attention as I'm scrolling through the list. The only thing I want to attract my attention is the number of smiley faces with sunglasses. 
And so I will remove every emoji, every exclamation point, every number. You know, if you're you're Joe Calm 357, you're just Joel Calm. I'll take the 357 out because it draws my attention as I'm scrolling through this list. I love it. I think, you know, that's obviously working for you. Hey, Cliff, can we go, go meta for a moment? Yes. Do you have a camera on your Skype? Do I? Yes, I do, actually. Let's, would you, I want to snap you. We're going to do this right now. I want you to turn in your camera and I want to do a quick snap All while right. we're actually recording. There you are right there. There I so, am. Um, in, in, in three seconds, I'm going to count down. This is awesome for people. Right. What who, am I uh, going to say? Um, you're going to say whatever you want. You, know, right. you have the duration of a snap. So three, two. Hey, everybody. Cliff Ravenscraft here from podcastanswerman.com. My username is Cliff EOTC. Follow me here on Snapchat. Boom. And then I'll, uh, I'll mute this as I'm posting it, but I'm going to put your, your username under there. And we just got, went all meta here. We on went this. all meta. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Snapchat and I'm trying to get people to understand this is something that if you're just saying, you know what, I don't want another social network. They really are missing a boat. I mean, we're talking not the average person, but content creators, people who are creating content every week, spending hours putting content like a podcast together. As soon as they finish publishing their podcast episode, they're spending time creating custom images for their Twitter, their Facebook, and they're they're posting all that stuff to LinkedIn and Google+. I mean, they're going through all that work, but they're saying, I just don't have time for Snapchat. Well, you know, look, every social network isn't for everybody. Right. They never have been. There's there's a lot of activity. And what I would encourage people to do is to at least understand it. Right. Try it long enough to see, do I get this and then make a decision whether or not you want to you know, go all in on it or not. But don't miss the opportunity to at least experiment and understand it. If you're going to be a content creator, you owe it to yourself to at least understand it. Yes, that's exactly it. Well, well, the engagement numbers, Cliff, can we talk about that for yeah, a moment? please do. Uh, you know, we there was a um, an infographic that came out a couple months ago, and I don't remember who took the survey, but it seemed pretty legit, and it said that 54% of Snapchat users, active users, use it daily, okay? Yep. So let's just round that number to a nice 50%, since it's easier math. Uh, when I look at my numbers, based on those statistics and the number of people following me, I'm seeing about 40% and upwards of the people that are on Snapchat any day that are following me are actually engaging with my content. Explain That's, what you mean by engaging. Uh, well, it, you know, we the only metric that we have, besides people snapping us back, um, next to every snap we create in our story, there's a number that's next to an eyeball. And that number tells us how many people viewed that snap. So if I look at my Snapchat stories, I can see exactly how many people viewed each individual snap. When what I tend to do is I go back to the snap that's going to expire first, the one closest to that 24 hour window. And that's going to be the highest viewed snap that's currently in my story. That number is uh, when I, when I consider how high that number is as a uh, factor of how many people are following me, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. We haven't seen that kind of engagement. Honestly, I've not seen that kind of engagement even on Twitter or Facebook nope. ever. Uh, I think it was the early days of email when we were sending direct email in 1995 and 96 and people opened up everything just because they loved that they were getting email. Um, this is the closest thing to what we're seeing with Snapchat and that's, that's engagement to me. They're actually watching yeah, and it's incredible. And ever since I've actually gone in and started following everybody back that that I know that's watching my stories, it's incredible the amount of engagement that you get from the people who are just watching your story that they'll swipe up and say, oh, I totally agree, or thank you so much for sharing that. And it's crazy how an insignificant, seemingly insignificant response to one of your 10-second snaps can be the the starting point of a growing friendship over the course of a couple weeks. And yeah. the next thing you know, you're interacting with this person that you didn't know three weeks ago more than people you've known for years. It's like you're, you're friends, and it's incredible. Anyway, cool stuff. Joel, let me ask you, um, outside of Snapchat, is there anything else you want to say about Snapchat? 
Before oh, there's we- always more to say about Snapchat, but I think, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. I just, I, I really want to encourage people to jump on there. And of course, uh, I am at Joel Tom, uh, easy to find. And, and I hope that you come in and watch what I'm doing. Um, and by the way, that's J-O-E-L-C-O-M-M, as in Mary. And it is my real name. Everybody wants to know, is it an internet name? And I just, it's, I, I am proof that God has a great sense of humor because who knew I was going to be in the internet business, right? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm honored that you came on here today. Thank you for this. I will encourage everyone to follow you just to see the different ways that you are creative on the platform. And uh, maybe we'll have you back on in the future and sometime we'll talk about Snapchat etiquette. Snapchat Revisited. Well, thanks for having me, Cliff. I know you don't have guests on very often, so I feel honored and, and I too am thrilled about our budding friendship. Well, there you go, my friends. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. I just want to remind you real quickly that my next session of podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday, May 23rd. That's just in two weeks. So if you are looking to launch a podcast and you would like to have somebody who could walk alongside you through every single step in the process of launching your podcast successfully. I mean, go over to ICan'tStopSpending.com. Again, ICan'tStopSpending.com. That is the podcast of Susan B. And let's see if she makes an episode number six within the next couple days. It'll be interesting to see. She is a student, and this is the kind of passion, dedication, and devotion that I have to my students. I want to see them succeed. I want to encourage them. While overall, a majority, an overwhelming majority of most podcasts never make it past their seventh episode, I'm happy to report that a majority of all of my students who have graduated podcasting A to Z, they do go on to produce more than seven episodes. In fact, I get more and more emails every single day. Hey, Cliff, just want to let you know I just recorded my 100th episode. Hey, Cliff, I just recorded my 200th episode. Hey, Cliff, I've just recorded my 300th episode and even more. So if you are looking for somebody to be your coach through the process of getting launched, I would love to be your one-on-one coach for four weeks through my podcasting A to Z group coaching course. Head over to podcastinga2z.com for more details today. And until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast at some man.